welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 20th of October 2013, entitled Set Apart for God's Service, and the Bible reading is taken from Acts chapter 13, verses 1 to 5. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I invite you to stand with us this morning to honor the reading of God's holy word as we read from Acts chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. When they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. When they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. Father, we thank you so much today. Lord, for the privilege that we have of being here, Lord, in this place that's been set aside for you, Lord, to be gathered together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, we thank you that's the blessing that's been ours as we have joined our hearts in song and prayer thus far. And now, Lord, as we look into your word, we recognize and realize, Lord, that we are totally and completely dependent upon you. Lord, we pray that by the power of your spirit that you would speak to hearts here this morning as no man is able to. We pray, Lord, that your words would be made alive unto hearts. We pray, Lord, that every life here might be changed in some way, that the lost might be saved, that the backslider restored, that the Christian might be built up and encouraged and challenged afresh in your word. Father, we pray that in some way that we could leave here today more like our Savior than when we entered. And we pray especially today, Lord, that your hand would be upon Gareth as we recognize the special call that you have made upon his life. And Lord, we pray that today that you might speak to him especially Assure him of your presence, of your strength, of your guidance, and all that you've asked him to do. Lord, I'm truly reminded of that verse that has brought me through so many things through the many years that you have allowed us to serve you, and that is simply faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Of course, in Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. And I guess, Gareth, that's one of the first things that I would remind you on this special day. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. God does not call us and ask us to do anything that he himself is not there to give us the strength. You know, even as we, I guess, look around the, this very purpose of this day is that command of going into all the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, when he gave us that command, he also gave us the promise that he would go with us. Well, I'm going to try to preach sweet and short because there's a lot we want to fit in this morning, but I just want to remind you of some special things today, and our thought is simply set apart for God's service, set apart for God's service, and that really is what a commissioning service is all about. Of course, the idea of missions and our individual and corporate responsibilities in getting the gospel to the ends of the world is not something that's new to us. 
And certainly as we gather here this morning, it is around that that as we have looked through our studies on uh, the New Testament church, uh, that we recognize there's so many things there. And even prior to that, that when we look at the purpose of God, the purpose of Christ coming, the purpose of the Holy Spirit being sent to us, the greatest purpose that the church has that is for the seeking and the saving of souls. That's why we're here. Uh, that's our greatest purpose in life is that the work of Christ might be accomplished through our lives and through our church. And of course, we know that we have gone through a whole series of sermons on, on that subject of why. Why it is so essential uh, for us to be involved in the winning of souls to Christ, and, and the hows of so many ways to do it. As we come here this morning, I want to remind you, first of all, that for someone to be set apart for God's service, that the first thing that we must remember is the command, the command that we find in each and every one of the, uh, the Gospels as well as the uh, book of Acts. And then as time and time again as we go through the the New Testament, we find that uh, great truth being uh, reiterated and shown to us in practice. Matthew chapter 28, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. We could go and we could look at that same passage. I guess one of my favorites is when Jesus was gathered there in the upper room with his disciples, and as he, he spoke those simple words to them, he said, as the Father hath sent me, even so send I you. You see, we must remember, first of all, that the command, as we have seen in so many ways and so many places, it is binding upon every Christian. It was given to those apostles. It was our Lord's parting words. Those apostles, of course, were those that, that Jesus Christ himself had sent out, that his word teaches us is the very foundation of the church, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. That command is binding upon every Christian and it's binding upon every New Testament church. You see, a place that would call itself a church and classify itself as such but have no concern for the winning of souls to Jesus Christ is no more a New Testament church than one of the department stores that you might go to in the city center. The truth is, is Jesus Christ we saw last week and we've seen before that it was him that made that promise. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We find that the command upon us to go, to win souls to Christ, to baptize them, to teach them all things whatsoever he has commanded us. We find that I've reminded you many times that Jesus was very simple in so much of his terminology. You cannot read the Bible, read what we call the Great Commission in all the various places that is given to us and not recognize that that is a command of our Lord Jesus Christ upon us. Jesus put it very simply in John chapter 14, verse 15, when he said, if ye love me, keep my commandments. 
we can, it's easy to maybe speak those words, I love you, Lord. But he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, then the simple truth is we will live according to his truths, his words, his desires for our lives and not our own. So the first thing in this setting apart for God's service has to do with the command that's given to each and every one of us by Jesus Christ himself. But secondly, as we're here this morning, it has specifically to do with not only the command, but the call. You see in our reading in Acts chapter 13, notice there in verse 2 that it says, as they ministered to the Lord, that was these church leaders, the first uh, verse has given us the names of these that uh, uh, were ministering there in the, in the church at Antioch, and he says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul. Notice the next words, for the work whereunto I have called them. Folks, the church cannot call preachers today. The church cannot call missionaries. It's easy for us many times to look at individuals and to have our own ideas, well, this person would be good at that and this person would be good at that. And it's not always wrong. We ought to be able to see the, the gifts that God has, has gifted each and every one of, of his children with. But today, the only one that is to call, you see there's a big difference between the command. We are all commanded to go. We're all commanded to go to give the gospel to every creature that we possibly can. That's binding upon all of us. But here, God specifically called Saul and Barnabas to the work that he had for them to do. We find that as we gather here today, again, that is what that we heard that Brother Gareth share with us so beautifully just two weeks ago, I guess it was, about the call that God has placed upon his life. You see, the call of God for a specific work, as we see in our scripture reading today, is not something that is new. We could cite so many examples in God's word, both in the Old and the New Testaments. We won't take time to read all of those passages today, but we find that in 2 Peter chapter 2, and verse 5, Peter was reminding them of the call of God upon another's life when he was speaking, and he said, uh, speaking of God and, and the flood, he said, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. You see, in the Old Testament, God called Noah to do a specific job. Now, everybody in the world thought this guy was nuts. <laughs> I mean, what is he doing out here building this huge ship on dry land in the middle of nowhere? Must have looked pretty balmy, I must admit. But you see, God had put a call upon his life. God had said, Noah, this is what I want you to do for me. This is the message that I want you to take to all of those people. And Noah couldn't do anything about the response. And Gareth and I have talked about this. One of the hard things many times in any kind of ministry is to be encouraged when we're all, I guess, zeroed in on counting numbers and seeing results. And, and folks, 
We like to see results, and there will be fruit, but we don't always visibly see all that God is doing. Noah, can you imagine spending 120 years preaching and preaching and preaching? The only body that got on that boat was him, his wife, his three sons and their wives, eight people. Eight people, and it didn't even get outside his own family after all those years. But you see, God's call upon his life was to do that. We could look back at Jonah. <laughs> and of course, as we think of Jonah, Jonah had his own ideas. I mean, he had his own ideas to do some good things. But it certainly wasn't to go over there and give those, those Gentiles, those, those bad people over there, you know, what God wanted to give to them. Jonah had his own ideas. God had to get his attention. But God called Jonah to go to a specific place to a specific people that no, it didn't make sense to him, and it wasn't even something that he was happy about. You know, he, if I go over there doing that, they're just liable to get right with you, God. <laughs> but God called him to that work. We find as we look through the Old Testament, we find many of the prophets that, that God called out to carry his message to the people, and he would even tell them beforehand, they're not going to listen to you, but I want you to take this message to them. We find that as we look into the New Testament, it's interesting a lot of times when the question were asked, and I wonder how you would answer it today if I ask you, who was the first missionary? Who was the first missionary in the Bible? Well, some would say, and, and I kind of like this answer, some would say Jesus himself, <laughs> that Jesus himself was the first missionary because he was the one that was sent here by the Father to seek and to save that which was lost. Some would say that the apostles were actually the first missionaries that were sent out by Jesus himself while he was still here upon the earth, he sent them out two by two. And when he went away, he sent them to do a specific work. As a matter of fact, the word apostles, when there's being sent, is the same root word that we get our word missionaries from. Some would say it was the early church itself. We can find that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when they were told beforehand to wait upon the Holy Spirit that would come. But we're told there in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that when that power did come, that they were to be witnesses unto him, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That was what was given to them. That's what they were told to do. We find that in actual fact, they didn't get out of Jerusalem very quick. We find that if we... Look back just a few places from our reading in Acts chapter 8 and notice that we find here that, of course, the first few verses really talks about this one that we see being called here. And Saul was consenting unto his death, speaking of, of Stephen's. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women 
committed them to prison. Notice verse 4. It says, Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. You know, would they have had to face that person? We don't, we don't know all the ifs, but we know that God had given them a responsibility. We know that right here that they were scattered abroad. And here was this one, this, this one called Saul. I mean, who could have ever imagined him being used in God's service? He was out there destroying these Christians. He was consenting unto the death of, of, of Stephen. He was the one that the Bible says was creating havoc in the church, throwing them into prison, doing everything he could to destroy it and thinking that he was doing God a favor the whole time. But the Christians, as they were scattered abroad... <laughs> You know, it wasn't while they were on high. It wasn't while they were on the, I guess, the uh, a peak of joy and everything going great. But when they were at their lowest, when they were being run out of town, when they were having to leave all their things behind, all their personal possessions, they went everywhere preaching the gospel. Of course, some would look at Peter when he was sent to the house of Cornelius to bring that message for the first time to the Gentiles. And, of course, the Apostle Paul himself, who we're reading of here today, certainly the Apostle that was distinctive to the Gentiles. We find he and Barnabas here in this reading being set apart by this church at Antioch for this first missionary journey that God was sending them on. You see, what we see here, and we see over and over and over Again, they were commanded to set these men apart, whereunto, God said, I have called them. I ask you another question. Does it really matter who we define as the first missionary? I say not really. God has always called a people to do his service in carrying his message to others. God commands all of us to go with the gospel and to be witnesses for him, but he calls some specifically to a work that he has designated, that he has set aside for them. And I say once again, vitally important, only God can do that calling. We are all, we can either be obedient and be doing everything that we can to win lost souls to Christ, or we can disobey him and not do it. But amongst those that are being obedient to him, that are doing all they can to win those souls, I believe God will call some, Brother Steve, for specific ministries, for specific service to do a work for him. And today, that's part of why we're here this morning, is to acknowledge that call that God has placed upon Gareth's life. We find that God has called him, if you were here, to specifically be a witness to the students at Birmingham City University and specifically to those many, hundreds and thousands of Chinese students that are here in this country that may never, ever, ever have the gospel presented to them in their homes, but to, to do everything that they can to present that truth to them while they are here, while we have the opportunity and the freedom to do so that as they're one to Christ, be able to disciple them and teach them and train them 
that they can go back there where we can't go and carry that same truth to others. I guess that you've certainly heard me say before, and I don't say this to give Gareth a big head. You know, there's, there's nothing that encourages any pastor anymore than a soul coming to Christ. I mean, there is nothing greater. There's no greater reward than to just have a part in what God does in that life when he saves that soul. But beyond that, probably the greatest encouragement to any pastor is to see God working in your life, to see you growing. Whatever that God has for you to do within the local church, I do not believe for a moment that God is going to call people out there to do a work out there that are not being obedient to him and doing what they should be doing right where they are. They don't go out there to start doing work. It's those that are being obedient within their churches already. And so I'm proud today, and I'm excited, and I'm encouraged at what God is doing in Gareth's life as well as in many of your lives today. God doesn't call everybody. This is a specific call upon Gareth's life, and we're privileged as a church that God has seen fit to reach in amongst us and to use one in that way. But each and every one of you, you're just as important in all of this. First of all, to be obedient to the command that God has given to all of us. And then today to recognize the call that God has placed upon another's life because not only is there the command and the call, but thirdly, I want to remind you of the commission. That's really what our reading is all about here in these verses that we have read. You see, in verse 1 it said, Now there were where? In the church. That was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers. There were in the church those that were doing God's work, those that were being obedient, those that were serving. Verse 2, as they ministered, they were already ministering to God's people. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul. These were those that were already faithful in the church. And then God said, I want you to separate these men. What? For the work whereunto I have called them. Jesus commanded that we all be witnesses. But God called specific ones as he did Barnabas and Saul here as he has for young Gareth. But then there within the church, he says, separate these. Separate these. The Bible says in verse 3, And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. The church had to be obedient. You see, God calls his missionaries from within his church, those that are already serving him. It is the church then that's to separate. God does the calling. But then the church is to separate them to the work that God has called them to do. That's what he's asking of the church at Antioch here. It was a church that fasted, prayed, laid their hands on them, and sent them away to the work of God. Now, in some cases, that might be thousands of miles away. It might be that as they are sent forth, they might be a long time before you're seen again. In this case, it is here in our Jerusalem, in our Birmingham, that God is calling young Gareth to work. 
So therefore, he will still be amongst us in our church family, but we are setting him apart to do this work that God has called him to do. You see, it was the church that, again, all of these that were one to the Lord as we begin to look through, God calls from within the church. It's the church that separates them. It's the church that fasts and pray and lays hands and, and sends them away. It's the church that these, these new Christians are then organized into. We find that in the very next chapter, in Acts chapter 14, as Paul and Barnabas went on this mission journey that God was sending them on, notice what it says there in verse 23, and when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commanded them to the Lord, commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. You see, if you read through all these verses, you find that they went out. Oh, they faced some real difficulties, some real challenges. I mean, you know, they're face-to-face -face with some sorcerer as soon as they, they get into Cyprus. But God began to give them souls. And these Christians were organized together, teaching them, not only bringing them to Christ, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. We find that it was then the church that they went out from that they returned back to. Notice in verse 26 and 27 of chapter 14, and then sailed to Antioch from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. When they were coming and gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. They were sent out to do a work. Then they came back. They were able to share and be an encouragement to show all that God had done through what they had done there. There's the command. There's the call. There's the commission. And of course, as we've seen in discussing the work of God in ministries, there's the cooperation. You see, it all begins with the cooperation within the church. He went and there were all of these teachers, all of these prophets, all those that were the ministering there that God spoke to them all together. And it was this cooperation together within the church, first of all, that these are sent out. We find that as they went out to do the work, though that was the two that were set apart. Did you notice in verse 5, when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also, there's somebody else there, John, to their minister. John was working with them. John was, was a minister with them there, not the apostle John, of course, but we find that there was this cooperation within. And of course, in our study of missions, we've also found that, of course, there's the cooperation with others. We certainly find as the Apostle Paul continues through his service of serving the Lord from this point onward, that along the way, God gives him certain people, certain places that he goes, those that he needs, those to be an encouragement, those to support him. As he goes into some of those churches, there are those that, that get involved in the ministry and, and even sent on to his care later. We find that even as young Gareth goes out, then we'll be calling on other churches to help him and support him. He already has some Christian friends in other churches that are, that are helping in this, and we'll be asking them to do that because we believe that he is worthy of their support. We believe that God has called him and that he has answered that calling. And we believe that as he serves this next year for the Lord, 
that it would be a very worthy thing for others to be able to join in this support. We find that, of course, as he goes out, you'll find as you look in the Scriptures, you know, I, I have served with a mission board, mission organization, whatever that you want to call it, for, for 30 years now. I still can't find a mission board or a mission organization anywhere in the Word of God. You say, well, preacher, why do we have them? Because, of course, in the buildup to this over recent months, you know, Gareth has felt that as God has called him to specifically minister to these students, that he would be more effective in doing so in working with Pioneers UK as they already have a ministry there and things set up, tools that he can be a part of. But of course, as we've looked at many times, and I won't dwell there long this morning, the thing is, is that, yes, the mission organization that I've worked with, they have been a blessing and a support in so many ways. But folks, if there's any mission organization that bypasses the local church, that tries to usurp the local church, that tries to do the work of the local church, then they're not an organization that you need to have anything to do with anyway. They are there simply to help and support because there are many, many churches, small like us and much, much smaller than this. And many times when, when God calls out, it is this cooperation of simply being there to help to minister. You see, even though that I've served through Maranatha Baptist Missions, <laughs> the church that I'm accountable to, the church that is my authority is Faith Baptist Church. When you call me here to be your pastor, everything that we do, all the ministry that we do, whether it's from me or whether it's from you, we don't do it under our authority. None of us have the authority. It is under the authority of Bethel Free Baptist Church that God has built, that he has placed here. And of course, as Gareth goes out and he works with these others and he cooperates with them, and of course, they have seen and read and understand our statement of faith and what he is and what he believes and what he does, as we've read theirs. They're satisfied and happy because Gareth has a responsibility as a part of this church that he is going to uphold the beliefs and the doctrines and the teachings of the body that he's a part of. You see, cooperation doesn't mean a lot of the ecumenical chaos that we see today when all the truths are thrown away just for the sake of getting along is cooperating with those that stand upon those same truths to where that that work that you're doing together is not a violation of God's Word in any way. And of course, that is one of the things that we like to see and we want to see and we want to see God be able to use those things, but simply this morning, keep in mind God commands us all to be witnesses. God calls some to do a specific work in a specific place. And he asks the church to set them apart, to commission them, if you would, for that work that he's called them to. And this calls for cooperation between us as a body, with a oneness as we support him, and with others of like precious faith that would join in and be a part of that ministry as he goes out, because the final thing that I want to give you this morning is, you see, there's a command, and there is a call that God places upon each one, and there is the 
commissioning, the setting apart, the sending forth from the local church, and there is that cooperation with others. But it really all comes down for the purpose of this final and fifth one, that's the conversions. <laughs> that's what missions are about. <laughs> They're not so we can chalk up and show how important we are so that we can build empires down here so that we can see how many people that we can get as part of our organizations and all of these things. It's that souls can be converted to the Lord Jesus Christ. In everything that we've studied, I remind you again, there can be absolutely no doubt that the greatest responsibility and objective that we have in this life is the winning of souls to Christ. Oh, we have many responsibilities, and as Christians, we should take them seriously and be honorable in all of our dealings. But there is none to surpass our responsibility of doing all we can. And you see, as we do that individually today, we have the privilege, I don't know if any one of you here could go down to Birmingham City University and get a hearing with, with one of these Chinese students or not. But we're privileged that young Gareth has that open door before him. And I believe that God will open doors for him. And yes, just as when Paul and Barnabas set out here, Gareth, there's going to be battles, there's going to be struggles, there's going to be difficulties. You're going to be challenged, as we talked about last Sunday night, from the very powers of darkness themselves. but you'll be encouraged as well because God's the one that's called you to this work and God has a work for you to do. And if you'll be faithful to him and if you'll be faithful to his truth, God will be there with you every step of the way. And as a church, we should be proud that here is another way that we are able to follow the command that God has given to us in being a part you need to encourage him. You need to support his, his in, in, in praying for him every day of your life and praying that God will, will be there with him and to help them. I would say that it would be one of the greatest violations that you could commit to send somebody out there and then just forget about them. Sometimes, because you're not right there physically seeing them yourself, that can happen, unfortunately. But we want to remind you, that here's a way, here's a way by supporting him, by encouraging him, by helping him do what God has called him to do. One day in heaven, I pray that one day we'll be able to rejoice together, Gareth, with even, brother, if it's for one Chinese soul that would never have been there, it'll be worth all that you ever give if it's for one. But it could be for tens or hundreds it might be winning one, and what God does with that one, we don't know what God. We need to be faithful and obedient to what God has called us to do. We find that certainly as we read through the Scriptures, we find that this was the purpose. This was what these men were out there for. <laughs> they were out there to proclaim the gospel, to win souls to Christ, to organize them to where they could then encourage one another and do that same thing over and over and over again. As we're gathered here today, Gareth, I'm going to ask you to come right down here to the front. Though you're not buried, Ruth, if you want to come with him, that's great because most of you, they're, they're going to be not two but one before too long. <laughs> and I believe that it's vitally important 
that when God calls one into the ministry that he calls both. And I know that Gareth and Ruth have prayed very, very much about this together. Now, most of you heard Gareth's testimony and his presentation of the work that God has called him to do. And I hope you were as excited about what God is doing there as I was. And if you weren't here, then I pray that you'll at least get the recording and listen to it and listen to what God has called. Know as much about it as you can. And, of course, as we pray, we're going to be encouraging Gareth to give us reports all along and to keep us abreast so that we can support him in the very best way that we possibly can. But Gareth, in just a few moments, I'm going to, I'm going to place a charge upon this church that if they choose to follow through with commissioning you to this work today, then they're going to be making some promises to you in so doing. But first of all, in I guess just re-verifying the things that you shared with us two weeks ago, you know without any shadow of a doubt that you're saved and born again and on your way to heaven. Is that so? You know without any doubt that God has brought you here and placed you here within this local church to serve him, right? You know that this call upon your life that God is, sometimes it comes in the, the shape of a burden. Uh, God burdens you for specific souls in certain places. Uh, sometimes God shows you in all kinds of ways through his, through his word, but you know that it's God's call. It's not through me or any other church or any other person that you're going to do this work, but because you know that God has called you to do this work. Is that correct? In so doing, if you're accepting and acknowledging that call on your life, then I'm going to ask you a couple other things. Do you promise to be faithful, first of all, in guarding yourself against sin, against anything that is not in harmony with God's Word, against the faith, the doctrines that together we stand and contend for within this church. Do you promise to do that to the very best of your ability? Amen. You'll have fights. You'll have struggles. Do you promise to maintain a personal devotional life yourself between you and God? Because sometimes you can get so carried away with helping others that you forget that you yourself you need that personal devotional time. Do you promise to keep your personal devotional time with the Lord, though you're serving others, that you'll do that to the best of your ability to stay in your Bible and on your knees as you serve Him? We find that also, I guess, that one of the main reasons that you're going out is to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I've already asked you if you would stand for those things, but will you promise to this church today that as you go to share the gospel, that you will, to the very best of your ability, to proclaim the truths of God's Word to each and every one of them, recognizing that as you take and share and teach them the things of God's Word, that God will hold you accountable for every word that you speak to them? Do you realize that? And do you promise to do your very best to uphold His truths in all that you preach and teach during this year? Amen. All right, and I'm just going to ask you one other question. That is that if you will do to the very best of your ability all that you can to be faithful, first of all, to God. God's the one that's called you to do this. We could never place that calling upon your life. 
to him first of all, to your church that he has placed you within is this body of believers right here. Do you promise to be diligent and being faithful to serve them, to love them, and those that God may bring into your paths, such as those that you may be working with, with, with pioneers or the other students on that campus, that you promise to serve in love and grace and truth in all that you do. Sometimes it's easy to find the faults in others, but I encourage you, try to love, try to serve with grace, and God will honor you in doing that. Well, church, as you have heard these things from Gareth this morning, then I want to ask just a couple of things of you before that I ask you today as a church body to voice your opinion as to the setting aside of this young man to do God's work. And when I ask you to do that, basically what I want you to confirm is this this morning, that as we acknowledge the call of God upon Gareth's life, and as we set him apart to do this work that God has called him to do, I want to ask you as a church body, will you promise to be faithful to the same truths, the same things that we've asked him, but further, will you promise to be faithful to him in encouraging him, in supporting him with your prayers, your finances, in any way that you can, that you'll do everything that you can that this young man knows when he's out there and he's on the firing line, whether it's one of those deep, dark, toughest battles that he might be in, or whether it's when he's rejoicing because someone just came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, that he can know that you're with him. God's with him. God's promised to be with him. But as a body, will you be with him? Will you promise to support him and encourage him to do all that you can to see that he's able to carry out this work that God has called him to do? If you're here and a member of this church today and you promise to do that, can I just hear you say loud and clear, I will. Kind of like getting married. I will. Okay? Okay? And, uh, and I guess in a lot of ways that uh, a lot of things that we do in church is a thing of the marriage. Well, I'm going to ask you at this time as a church, because this is the official part, because it's not my authority, it's the authority of this church. So church, I'd like to call you to order at this time, and I'd like to ask for a motion in a second from this church body that Gareth Green be commissioned, be set apart for the work of, of missions for this next year as he works in cooperation with the university and pioneers to win these souls to Christ. Do I have a motion in a second that is a church that we commission him and set him apart? I've got a motion with Brother Peter. I've got seconds and thirds and fourths all over the place, Brother Andrew. All those in favor, would you show that by an uplifted right hand, please? Is there anyone here that is opposed by showing the same sign? Brother Gareth, as Bethel Free Baptist Church, we are proud and honored to have you as a member of our church. We're so proud to see God working in your life and you being willing to follow God's calling upon your life. What we're going to do at this time is I'm going to ask you to, to kneel right here. And as they did, just as the first church there in, in Antioch sent out to uh, Paul and, and Barnabas to, to serve the Lord I'm going to ask for our deacons and elders, if I can ask for 
uh, Brother Steve and, and, and Brother Peter to come first of all. And there's nothing magical, I can promise you, in, in my hands. Uh, there's nothing magical about my hands. Uh, the purpose of the laying on the hands is not only to, to pray for you here today, uh, but to assure you of, of God's presence with you and that we will continue to pray for you. And so as a church, we want to pray that prayer for you today, for God's presence, because it's, it's Him that you're going to need. And at the same time, to assure you that we're with you 100%, that we want to be there with you, that we want to be there for you, and that we want to, to do this in a way to where that if you have needs, you let us know. Uh, if there's ways that we can help you to, to accomplish that which God's called you to do, we want you to let us know uh, because it's our privilege and our honor. We're only people, but we serve a great God. So would you kneel here before us right now, and if these men would come and if they would join me in the laying on of hands to pray uh, for God's presence to be upon uh, Gareth as he goes. And, of course, as we, as we pray to, uh, to do this, I'm going to ask each and every one of you there if you would join with us in this prayer. I know that every one of you can't get up here and get your hands on him at the same time, uh, but as we do it on, on behalf of the church, uh, we ask that you would join us in your heart, and as we go to the Lord in prayer at this time, uh, we're going to each pray just a short prayer here for him, but I want you to join us in your hearts as we pray and commit this young man into the Lord's care. Father, we thank you so much. Lord, we thank you for, Lord, the privilege that you've given us of, Lord, having this young man in our midst, of bringing him into our lives, the blessings that he has been to us. Lord, I want to thank you just for the growth and maturity that we have seen in him over the past three years as, Lord, he first came here to study. And yes, he was saved, and yes, he loved you, but, Lord, we have seen him, though he has had to take some strong stands, we've seen him commit his life to you. We've seen him grow and mature, not only in his knowledge of your word, but in his application and in his sharing of that with others. And, Lord, we're honored as he and, and, and Ruth recently, Lord, committed themselves to be a part of this body Lord, we are privileged now to be able to set him apart as you has, have given us example in your word. Lord, to go forth for this coming year and to, to be able to, uh, to know that you are there with him, but Lord, to also know that we're behind him 100% of the way, to know that our prayers go with him, to know that we are here for what he needs from us. Lord, I pray that your hand would be upon him mightily. We know that within himself that this is a year of internship. It's a year of, of not only being a witness, but a year of growing and, and seeking your will and your purpose for his life for beyond this year. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd be with him in all these. We pray that it would be a year that he would have great opportunities to witness to others, but that you would continue to work in his life, that you would be able to, Lord, be able to, to bring the things into his life that he needs, that he could continue to grow and mature for you. Lord, I pray with all the earnestness that I know within me that your presence would be with him, that your power would be upon him, Lord, that you would take and use him, and then all of this, that all the glory and all the honor would be for Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.